Welcome pod. Welcome back into TCM Pod. Chris Mathis, Spencer Mathis, glad to be back here with you guys after what was uh, an interesting week last week for both of us. Spence coming off a of sickness. I had a couple of things to take care of with my girlfriend. I had a great time here in Tampa. Went to Bush Gardens, uh, the beach, the whole nine yards. We did it all. It was a really cool uh, week. Glad to be back here with you guys on the podcast because there's a lot to get into starting off with of course, the latest news in the National Football League, including a big-time trade that went down on Monday for one incredible defense just gets better. The rich get richer, as one might say. But anyway, before we dive into that and we talk about Week 8 and give our predictions for this Week 8 season of the NFL year, I want to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and their lackluster performance on offense once again, losing 16-13 to here in Tampa Bay as the Atlanta Falcons came into town and I thought the Buccaneers had a shot. I believe that pretty much everybody thought that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would prevail, and that was before knowing that B. John Robinson was going to be limited on snaps due to an illness. I mean, the guy played like six or seven snaps. Snaps. He touched the ball one time, and they still ran all the way down the Buccaneers' throats throughout the game. It was frustrating to watch. Bucks defense held up as much as they could, but they were on the field for a very long time, and it showed later in that game. So, all in all, just a terrible performance by your Buccaneers as they fall for the second consecutive game, losing to the Atlanta Falcons, a team that really didn't have high expectations, Spence. Yeah, the Buccaneers have only scored one touchdown in the last two games. They lost to Detroit 20-6, to two field goals in that game. And then the early touchdown against Atlanta, the 40-yard touchdown to Mike Evans, and you, you could see that there was a little bit of a mismatch between uh, Mike Evans and A.J. Terrell when the game started. The first two drives, Terrell had... Three holding penalties gave up the touchdown to Mike Evans. And then after that, it just seemed that the Bucs really didn't go his way uh, vertically like they were at the beginning of the game. They decided to stick with the run, which is something that hasn't worked in Tampa for two years now. And this year looks like it's even worse than last year because the offensive guards for Tampa just get blown up as soon as the ball is handed off to one of the Buccaneers running backs, whether it be um, Keyshawn Vaughn or, yeah, Deuce Vaughn, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn or... Um, Rashad White, If it, regardless of who's back there to run the football, there's really nowhere to go if you're a Buccaneer running back. And averaging under 1.8 yards per carry, you're not going to go anywhere. And the Buccaneers decide to continuously run the football on first down, continuously try and pound it on third and one, and it just doesn't work out for the Bucs. So this is a team that needs to be throwing the ball as much as possible. And if they were to throw the ball 10 more times in Sunday's game, I think they win that game. But also the red zone offense for Tampa has been so bad. And I've seen people break down the route combinations that the offense coordinator for the Buccaneers, Dave Canales, puts out there. And, I mean, it's it's abysmal. And the Buccaneers' offense does not look good over the last two weeks. Coming out of the bye, you would expect them to get a little bit better. But after that Saints game, they haven't shown anything. That Saints game was a great win, uh, a great job by the Bucs' offense. And then you go out there, you put up six points, you put up 13. You lost to a team that only scored a touchdown, ended up scoring three field goals on you. And then, of course, that lackadaisical defensive play on that final drive to give Kyle Pitts a 39-yard gain. Um, because of Ryan Neal loses you the game, but still, if your defense only puts up, only gives up 13 points for the first 59 minutes and 30 seconds to the game, you should win that game. And the offense for the Buccaneers looks terrible this season over the last two weeks, and they've got a tougher opponent in Buffalo on Thursday night, and that's a that's a game in Buffalo, so it's going to be tough for the Bucks to go out there and win that game. Most likely going to fall to three and four, and uh, Atlanta has the easiest schedule left in the NFC South and in the entire league that I think like the overall record for the, for the teams that they play based off of right now for the rest of the year, are 22 and like 40 something. So, 
I mean, the, the Falcons have a cupcake schedule. The Bucks just lost to them. Of course, they'll play again. Hopefully, the Bucks can win the one in Tampa or in Atlanta. But, I mean, it didn't look good on Sunday for the Buccaneers. I don't see it getting uh, that much better unless they just can, unless they just decide to completely abandon the run. Yeah, it was brutal. And, again, another offensive uh, letdown on Sunday for the Buccaneers with Dave Canales as the play caller. What looked to be a great start to the season and – a lot of people with high hopes. Now reality is sunken in. And obviously working with the Ronnie T. Crash show at WDAE here in Tampa Bay, iHeartRadio. All the callers calling in, they're all, wow, this is an average team. We're seeing what we expected of them. And that, that really is what we're expecting of them, at least as far as coming into the season. But Baker Mayfield, he took care of the football early on this year and also was very key and clutch on third downs. And he was the best in all of football for the longest time. The last two weeks, the Bucks' offense has been terrible on third downs. Baker Mayfield has had an interception in four straight ball games. So what looked to be promising and have some, some light at the end of the tunnel is now kind of up in air regarding your quarterback, Baker Mayfield. I don't think that they'll make a change anytime soon. However, I'm not surprised that the Bucs lose four consecutive games. You talk about the Lions last week. Then, of course, you look here out of the Atlanta Falcons and a loss here in Tampa Bay on Sunday, a loss to the Buffalo Bills on Thursday. Then you go to Houston and take on a very hungry Houston Texan team led by C.J. Stroud, who looks very good this year, with a head coach that's hungry to prove himself in the NFL and D'Amico Ryans as well. I'm not totally shocked that the Bucs lose four straight. And then at that point, you're looking up at the Atlanta Falcons, maybe down two games, because as you mentioned, the Atlanta Falcons have the easiest schedule remaining in the NFL. They'll take on the Titans, a team that is uh, selling right now ahead of the trade deadline, which is about a week away, October 31st, Halloween Day. They take on the Vikings, which might be their toughest game for the remainder of the year. Then they play the Cardinals, the Saints, the Jets, the Colts, the Bears, and then the rest of the division rivalries as well. So I'm not surprised. In fact, I expect the Atlanta Falcons to win this NFC South. And it sounds crazy because I did not expect that to be the case, but they have a run game. They just ran the ball down the Buccaneers' throats. The Bucs have one of the best run defenses in the NFL, and that was without Bajon Robinson there. That was with Cordero Patterson finally getting touches, finally proving he still have a little bit of gas left in the tank. I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons to win this division. If they can get Desmond Ritter to protect the football a little bit better, I, I think that they've got it locked up. And the defense is a little bit better than I expected. It's nothing good. It's not a world beater by any means. However, they did a good job against the Buccaneers and Mike Evans, and Jay Retcher with WDAE was in the Falcons locker room after the game. And he said that the Atlanta Falcons players were trash talking Rashad White and saying that that dude's not good at all. And that he was talking trash throughout the whole game on Sunday against the Falcons and he does nothing. Uh, so it, it gets to a point where the Falcons are making fun of you guys at home in Tampa Bay and you play that bad to where they could do so and then beat you. That's concerning to me, and we've seen this time and time again with head coach of the Buccaneers, Todd Bowles, who just looks like he doesn't have this team under wraps in regards to getting them right. I saw a video on Monday night regarding his press conferences and practice, and the guys look great in practice. The execution was great in practice, but then come game time, he has no answers when they talk about execution and what was a great week to practice, coach. So Todd Bowles, I just don't know if he's that when it comes to becoming a head coach and to being a successful head coach in the NFL, I, I just don't know if he has it. And right now, you know, his, his time's ticking here in Tampa Bay. I don't think that he'd be a midseason fire by any chance, but it's not looking good for the start of next season, Spence. 
Yeah, and you you really don't take the Buccaneers coaching staff over very many teams. And this obviously the defense is great. The Buccaneers defense played great on Sunday when it mattered the most. Of course, there have been no break. A lot of mistakes from Atlanta, but the Buccaneers offense you don't really take over very many defenses right now. Considering Dave Canales' first year of play calling, obviously a team that can't run the football very well can make the playoffs. But that's only if the offensive coordinator and the quarterback decide that they're gonna try and completely abandon the run if it doesn't work early on. The Buccaneers just have a delusional mindset with their offensive coordinator, Canales, thinking that they can continuously run the football on first down, lose four yards, be second and 14, third and medium, and you're expected to convert those over and over again. And that's one of the reasons, one of the main reasons I think Baker Mayfield has been worse on third downs is that recently it's looked like the Buccaneers have been further back on these third down plays. I saw a couple of third and 20s. A lot of mistakes by the Buccaneers' offensive line in terms of holding um, false starts on first downs. A lot of false starts. There's one driver. They had four penalties just on the offensive line. So if the offensive line is great at pass blocking, like one of the best at pass blocking, throw the football. Obviously, they can't run block very well, and they're very undisciplined. So you got to throw the football, and you just got to pray that you can pick up 10 yards through the air each and every time because running the football has not worked for the Bucs. I mean, you have, you have Keyshawn Vaughn back there as well who – Terrible running back. I mean, his his career average is under two yards. And then you have Rashad White. Not a great running back either, it doesn't seem. And, of course, he can catch the football. But I don't think anyone's going to be able to run behind this Buccaneers offensive line. And uh, down the stretch of this season, if the Bucs don't figure out the run game and they continuously decide to run the football over and over again, instead of throwing the football, it doesn't matter that your quarterback's Baker Mayfield. You have so many weapons. You should be able to stretch the ball down the field, which they do at times. And you think, hey, this will happen on the next drive. And then, Canales comes out there. They run first and 10, second and 10. There was one drive after the uh, after the Ritter fumbled pre-snap um, at the one-yard line. The Bucks got the ball at the 20-yard at the line or so, and they handed the football off three times in a row. And then third and one, they don't get it. So it's just terrible play calling and bad execution by the Buccaneers offensive line. I think that's the main problem. Obviously, Baker Mayfield had a, had a bad interception, but it's not like he's throwing two or three per game. It's just one a game. And I think this Buccaneers offense should be able to overcome that. But then again, even regardless of how much time is left, Canales decides to run the football instead of throw it. And I think that's going to continue to be their downfall unless something changes on Thursday. Yeah, a brutal performance. And then a quick turnaround for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they take on the Buffalo Bills, a team coming off of a, uh, an unfortunate loss to the New England Patriots on the road this past weekend. So they're hungry. They're angry. They've had a lot of questions, too, this year. I feel like this is a team I've picked to be in the Super Bowl three consecutive seasons, dating back to Tom Brady's first year in Tampa, and they just haven't done it. They haven't been there. They've been inconsistent this year, too. Josh Allen getting a little bit exposed when it, uh, regarding his turnovers this year because they're losing. When they're winning, you just brush it off. But when they're losing here and there and you have a couple of turnovers, they really stand out like a sore thumb. So, uh, unfortunately, just a, a tough week here for the Buccaneers, one in which I don't expect them to bounce back. And we'll have our game predictions here in just a moment as we continue with the latest out of the NFL as the Philadelphia Eagles made a blockbuster trade, in my opinion, on Monday afternoon, trading for safety. Kevin Bayard, obviously a safety from the Tennessee Titans, 30 years old. He's an all-pro caliber safety, uh, been to the Pro Bowl a couple of times, has had a pretty good year there with the Tennessee Titans, a team that looks to be selling ahead of the trade deadline about a week from today, in which you guys are watching this episode of the Chris Mathis Podcast. Follow at TCM underscore pod on all social media accounts. But Spence, the rich get richer here with this trade. The Eagles some way, somehow make a trade. Howie Roseman does it again, and the Eagles get better. Yeah, and again, it's the Eagles-Titans 
uh, with their trade back and forth. Last time it was A.J. Brown the Eagles got from Tennessee, and now A.J. Brown has tied the record for most consecutive 125-yard receiving games with five in a row. So obviously good things happen, happen whenever the Eagles trade with Tennessee, and now they're getting one of the league's best ball hawk safeties in Kevin Byard. Of course, no interceptions this year, but he had four last season. He's going to be put in a great situation in Philadelphia with a good uh, pass rush, a couple of good cornerbacks around him. He'll be in the back as a free safety. But, I mean, if you have Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, and a couple other guys on that on that defensive back core for Philadelphia, I think that team's set again. Right now, they're looking like the front runner of the NFC. Even if Jalen Hurts continues these mistakes, you saw Brock Purdy go back-to-back weeks with losses. Last night looked terrible. Two bad interceptions for him. Lost to the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins in prime time yesterday. So the Eagles right now are just bolstering their claim at being the best team in the NFC. Now, of course, I still think the AFC is a little bit more stacked. You have a, like the Kansas City Chiefs, a very good team. The Ravens smacked the Detroit Lions on Sunday. I think that team's only going to get better and better as the season goes on. And they're a team that has a, usually a good defense. So the AFC stacked, but the NFC right now is looking like it's the 49ers and Eagles. And with this trade, the Eagles defense just gets better. They get rid of a very weak link in Terrell Edmonds. I'm not sure why a lot of these analysts were reporting that Terrell Edmonds is a, is, is a great safety. They were putting the Pro Bowl safety term on him. And I mean, a lot of players make the Pro Bowl these years. And it uh, it doesn't it doesn't hold very much weight to it. I, mean, I believe there was a quarterback no. a couple of years ago who played a couple of games. The Ravens backup quarterback a couple yeah, of years Brett ago. Hudley. Yeah, Brett Hundley made the, uh, the Pro Bowl. So the Pro Bowl doesn't put much weight. Like Brett Hundley could be signed right now. And they could put Pro Bowl quarterback signed by the Tennessee Titans, but it wouldn't matter. So the thing is, is the Eagles offload Terrell Edmonds, a bad safety in coverage, good safety up front for a guy that's one of the best safeties in coverage in the league right now. And he's done so over the last, I think he's been leaked since 2016. So it's been about eight years of him dominating right now. And uh, it's, a, it's a great trade for Philadelphia. And it's only going to make their defense better because right now Jalen Hurts looks to have a little bit of an injury. He's making some more mistakes than usual. And they're going to need that defense to continuously lock down their opponents until he gets better. And I think that with this trade, you you kind of secure that and you're going to be able to do so pretty easily uh, with how good that defense already was before the addition of Kevin Byard. Yeah, no doubt. Again, he's just 30 years old, so it was a good trade. Drafted in the third round back in 2016, Spence at a middle Tennessee. So this guy's had quite the career. Right now he's tied for ninth, according to Pro Football Focus and Total Tackles. At his safety position, he's got a grade of 67.3. Run defense is really good, 78.6 and the run. So this guy is a guy, according to PFF, take that with a grain of salt or as much as you want to weigh into that. But he's had a really good season this year at the age of 30. He's only going to bolster that Philadelphia Eagles defense. And as you said, I mean, the Eagles probably the favorite right now, especially with Brock Purdy having somewhat of a poor performance on Monday Night Football against the Minnesota Vikings on the road. He was without Debo Samuel which was big, obviously, but at the end of the day, he had a couple of costly decisions, especially on that drive in which they could have won the game late through a pass uh, down the field. So uh, not the best performance by, uh, by Brock Purdy in that game on Monday Night Football, but they should be okay. The Eagles, the top dog right now, just one loss in 2023. With that being said, we'll take a look at this week's NFL matchups as, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will kick off Week 8 of the 2023 NFL season. Sounds crazy, folks. Just 10 weeks away from the end of the season. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers travel to New York to take on the Buffalo Bills. The Bills, 8.5-point favorite, Spence. Uh, the over-under is set at 42.5 points. Yeah, I'll take the, the Buffalo Bills in this game. I don't think they're going to win by 8.5. I don't think they're on the same level 
as the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that beat the Buccaneers by about 14. So give me give me the uh, the Bucks with the spread, but not to win the game. I'm going to take the Bills with the spread. Of course, winning the game too. I can see a 10-point victory there. They want vengeance after a tough loss last week against the New England Patriots. The Buccaneers just have too many question marks. Plus, they're simply banged up. Obviously, Baker Mayfield took a few more shots on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. I don't expect them to really even have a shot in this game. I think after the first quarter, first quarter and a half, we can already know the outcome of that game. Uh, regarding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday Night Football. Then Sunday, the Philadelphia Eagles take on the Commanders in D.C., the visiting Eagles six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Yeah, that should be a close game. I'm still going to go with the seven points for Philadelphia, and Philadelphia picks up the victory. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles, too. I'm taking the spread as well on the road. Uh, Sam Howe's been banged up. He's been hit around in the backfield. Uh, Been hit so many times, I think he's been sacked the most, and he's thrown some interceptions here as of late. Give me the Eagles. The New Orleans Saints travel to Indianapolis to take on the Colts, where the Colts, one-and-a-half-point favorites with Gardner Minshew at the helm. Yeah, I'll take Indianapolis. They showed a lot in that game against Cleveland uh, last Sunday. Of course, they ended up losing that one 39-38, but they were – you saw that last touchdown for Cleveland. You could tell that Indianapolis was screwed in that game by the referees, which was a a big thing this week in the NFL. So I'm going to take the Colts over the Saints on Sunday. I'm just simply looking at the NFC South division and thinking, hey, the New Orleans Saints believe they still have a shot, especially after what happened with the Bucs on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. They see the Bucs are probably going to lose to the Bills on Thursday night. I'm going to take the Colts on the road, and I think they're going to prevail. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers will host the Jacksonville Jaguars, Spence, and the Jags on the road. Three-point favorites there in Pittsburgh. Yeah, the Steelers are 4-2 and two somehow. They lead in like nothing in terms of each game against their opponents, so... I mean, the Steelers' defense is incredible, but I'm going to have to take Jacksonville this game. I think their offense is just a little bit better, and uh, their defense is manageable. And against Kenny Pickett and the rest of that Steelers' offense, I don't think you have to do too much. You just have to not give up six points to that Steelers' defense and T.J. Watt, who is the defensive player of the year right now. Yeah, I'm going to go Jacksonville on the road as well. Now, battle in New York at a MetLife Field, MetLife Stadium, as the New York Giants host the New York Jets. The Jets, three-point favorites as the awake, as the away team there. Yeah, I'll take the Jets in this game over whoever the quarterback is for the uh, Giants come this game. Right now, Tyrod Taylor, but by then it should be Daniel Jones again, and I think Tank Mode will be back on for the Giants. Yeah, I think the Jets obviously recognize that Aaron Rodgers just around the corner of a return. The defense has picked it up as of late. I'm going to take the Jets as well. The Houston Texans will take on the Carolina Panthers and Charlotte as C.J. Stroud goes up against Bryce Young. Should be an interesting matchup here, one that you know, even though they aren't the greatest teams, one that will bode in terms of getting attraction and views and viewership on this game. The Texans three-point road favorites in Charlotte. Yeah, Carolina coming off a bye week. They've switched play callers in Charlotte to home game. I think I'm going to go with the Panthers for their first victory of the season. Obviously, the Texans are a good team, but still, they're not up there with the upper echelon. They're probably still a bottom 12 team in the NFL, even with CJ Stroud having a great rookie season. I'm going to take uh, Bryce Young in this first battle of the rookie quarterbacks. Would be incredible to see, but I'm going to go with the Houston Texans simply because they want to get things right and uh, look to next week against the Buccaneers in Houston and get on a roll there with a win over the Panthers on Sunday. The New England Patriots play in Miami to take on the Dolphins. The Dolphins coming off a loss. Pit, or Sorry, Patriots coming off a big win there over Buffalo. The Dolphins nine and a half point favorites at home. Yeah, I'll take Miami in this game. McDaniel, the coach for Miami, is, has got a really good record against New England so far in his career, so I'm going to take the Dolphins. 
Again, continuing with our NFL picks against the spread, I'm going to go with the Dolphins as well. I'm going to say they win by maybe 10 points in this matchup. The Atlanta Falcons will take on the Tennessee Titans there in Nashville on Sunday. The Falcons are two-and-a-half-point road favorite Spence. Tennessee Titans, the home dogs. I'm going to take the Titans in this game just based off of the fact that have you seen their uniforms? The Houston Oilers uniforms are making their comeback on Sunday. Obviously, they, they sold, but I think that this is a game Atlanta could lose because just before this Buccaneers game, obviously Atlanta didn't play the best football. I mean, they only put up 16 points. I think that's an over-glorified victory for the Falcons. I, I still think the NFC is still neck and neck with the Buccaneers and the Falcons. I don't think any of the teams are above one other between those two. Obviously, the Saints are a little bit lower, but in this game, I think the Tennessee Titans have a fighting shot regardless of them trading away Kevin Byard. And in those uniforms, I think Derrick Henry has a big day against Atlanta's defense, and uh, I think the Titans prevail. I'm going to go with the Falcons on the road. Again, they are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Just trade away their safety. Talking about the Tennessee Titans. Give me the Falcons in this one. The Minnesota Vikings will play in Green Bay at Lambeau Field. The Packers are .5, half a point underdogs at home against Minnesota. Vikings in Green Bay. Vikings in Green Bay, half a point. Minnesota the favorite. I'll take I'll take Green Bay after their loss last week. Obviously, the Vikings. You know, I'm going to go with the Vikings. I think they're kind of on a roll right now. A big victory against the 49ers. I don't foresee them losing to Jordan Love. But, you, I mean, obviously, Jordan Love needs a bounce-back game. He's not looking good since week two. We'll see exactly what the uh, what the what the Packers can do here, but I'm going to go with the Vikings. I'm going to go with the Vikings as well, simply because I do believe that they're the better team. They're obviously hot right now. Kirk Cousins doing his thing. Jordan Addison with a big emergence helped me win my fantasy game last night. I was projected to lose by like 30. Some way, somehow, he pulled through <laughs> and balled out. The LA Rams play at Dallas. The Cowboys six and a half point favorites at home. I'll take the Cowboys in this game. I think the Rams are very good though. Puka Nakua. A rookie wide receiver is dominating the NFL right now. Even with Cooper Cutback, he's still putting up 150-yard games. The guy is, is a very good receiver, and Stafford's a guy that can force-feed receivers and make them really, really good. And, of course, let's not take anything away from Nakua, but we've seen this before with a guy like Kenny Galladay whenever Stafford was the Lions. Galladay signs with the Giants, never does anything again. Of course, Nakua is a rookie for the Rams. He looks incredible. You also got Cooper Cup. So I'm going to take the Rams um, in this game over, over, over the Cowboys. I'm going to pick the Cowboys to win the game, but the Rams with that six and a half point spread. The Cleveland Browns play in Seattle to take on the Seahawks. The Seahawks, three point favorites, Spence. You said the Browns? Yep, Browns at Seahawks. Seahawks, three point favorites. Yeah, obviously the the Browns defense had a huge lapse on Sunday. They still had a couple of, they had a touchdown, they had a safety, but they did give up 38 points to Gardner Minshew and the Indianapolis Colts. So, Obviously, the Browns, I think, if they were to win last week, this game would probably be in the direction of the Browns just based off of their defense. But I'm going to take the Browns in this game over Seattle just based off of their defense is going to be on, on a tear on Sunday against Geno Smith and the Seahawks. I'm going to go with the Seahawks at home. I don't know about the quarterback situation for the Browns. It's brutal. Deshaun Watson has been absolutely terrible so far. Not been the guy that the Browns thought they were trading for. Give me the Seahawks with the spread. The Denver Broncos will host the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs, seven and a half point road favorites there in Denver. Yeah, I'm going to take the Chiefs in this game with the spread. I think they're, I mean, they're sneaky. They're six and one, but you haven't seen very many highlights out of Mahomes and the Chiefs this season. It's just been Travis Kelsey and uh, Taylor Swift for most of the year. So again, Travis Kelsey's still the best tight end right now in the NFL. And with Mahomes, still the best quarterback. I've got the Chiefs in this game, regardless of how bad their receiving core looks. They just got Michael Hardman back. 
with that team. But regardless of how bad that receiving core looks, I think I'm going to take the Chiefs for most games this season. Maybe three losses for them all in all. I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well with the spread, Spence. Now the Cincinnati Bengals play in Santa Clara as they take on the 49ers, almost at San Francisco at Santa Clara. Uh, no line here because 49ers did just play and it's early. They played Monday night. So no line here, but Bengals at 49ers. Yeah, I'm going to take the 49ers in this game. I don't think that the 49ers lose three games in a row. I think that'd be very surprising, especially coming off a loss against the Minnesota Vikings. Again, their defense was so good the the, the first, what, five weeks and then last two weeks for, for San Francisco. I mean, they almost gave up 400 yards passing on Monday night to Kirk Cousins. So I think the 49ers defense, just like the Browns defense, will bounce back this week and they'll pick up that victory against the AFC's Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to say uh, Cincinnati is going to win this football game. I don't care about the spread. It sounds crazy. I know that the 49ers are more consistent, but give me the Bengals to get back on track and be that team that we expected them to be here in 2023. The Baltimore Ravens play in Arizona to take on the Cardinals. The Ravens eight and a half point road favorites on Sunday. Yeah, I'll take the Ravens in this game by over eight and a half points over uh, Joshua Dobbs and the Cardinals. Again, the Cardinals have given a couple of teams some run for their money. They've been close in games. They're not getting blown out. They got a new coaching staff, but again, they're not going to be able to compete with a team like Baltimore. I'm going to go with the Ravens and the spread to 425 kickoff. Now, Sunday night football, it's going to be a barn burner. It's the Chicago Bears at LA Chargers. Spence, all jokes there, but the Chargers nine point home favorites. I don't understand how the Chargers are home favorites right now. They're not a team that dominates whatsoever. They just lost by the, to the Chiefs by 14. Um, Justin Herbert's not having a good year. Two interceptions last week. And then we have seen a couple of games where he's thrown two or three interceptions this year. I mean, I think the Chargers are, again, over overhyped heading into the season. Anytime your head coach is Brandon Staley and your offensive coordinator doesn't dial up the deep shots for Justin Herbert, I don't think it's going to end up well for your team. But Obviously, the Chargers aren't a team that should be nine-point favorites, but I'm still going to take uh, the Chargers in this game. But nine points is a lot in the NFL. And for them to get a team, I think the Chargers are, what, two or three wins so far this season? I, I don't know. Yeah, exactly two and four right. right now. Bears two and five. Yeah, so for a two and four team, I don't care who you're playing, to be a nine-point favorite in the NFL, I think, is, uh, is something that you should jump on. You should still take the Chargers in that game, but you should jump on it being a less than nine-point victory. I would agree on that. I think that the Chargers have really turned their back on their head coach, Brandon Staley, who's terrible yeah. with clock uh, management. And that's the rumors out of the locker room is that he's lost yep. that locker room. I do think the Chargers win simply because they're more talented, but I don't like that spread. Give me the Bears with the spread. Now, Monday Night Football to round out our NFL pick them here on TCM Pod. Monday Night Football, the Las Vegas Raiders play in the Motor City to take on the Lions. The Lions Eight and a half point favorites at home Monday Night Football. Yeah, you know what? I just talked about the spread, nine points being a lot in the NFL, but with the way the Raiders played on Sunday against Chicago, Chicago had the backup quarterback in, Banjit, or however you want to say his last name, a 23-year-old rookie playing in his first game. He was playing Division II football at one point last year, and for them to get mollywhopped by him, I think shows a lot about the Raiders in this game. Of course, Detroit coming off a 35 a huge 35 to seven loss against the Baltimore Ravens. So they're going to be firing. That's I think there's going to be a lot of vengeful uh, performances this week. And I think this is going to be one of them with Detroit winning by over eight and a half, because if you've been following the Las Vegas Raiders this season and Josh McDaniels, his decision-making Brian Hoyer being the quarterback over their rookie um, O'Connell, I think is just a bad decision in the first place because Hoyer has been a quarterback in the league for so long. He gives your team no juice. If he's a starting quarterback, He's a guy that can come in mid-game 
if your quarterback gets hurt, maybe finish off the game, get a victory. But if he's starting a game, your team's not winning. It's just something that's been the, the fact. And I, 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 uh, I've heard that that they've lost a lot of games in a row, regardless of who Brian Hoyer was the quarterback with. If he's the starting quarterback, he's lost, I think, the last at least six games in a row as the starter. So for them to go out there and ride with almost, I think he's probably 40 years old at this point, a 40-year-old 40, 40 Brian Hoyer over a rookie quarterback who at least showed a little bit of promise in the preseason, I think is is shows a lot about your team. And I think that Josh McDaniels has already lost the locker room uh, with the Raiders. Of course, the Raiders defense, I mean, they've got Max Crosby. They've got on offense. I mean, they, they've got some stars. You got Devontae Adams, Garoppolo, whenever he plays. You got Josh Jacobs. I mean, there's so, there's too much talent being wasted in the with the Raiders organization. And I think Josh McDaniels is the main reason. And I think we're going to see Brian Hoyer in his ball head reflecting that, uh, that those bright lights on Monday night. And the final score of that game is going to read Detroit Lions 33 and uh, Las Vegas Raiders 16, maybe. Write it down. All right, I'm going to go with the Lions. They bounce back after getting embarrassed on the road against uh, Baltimore. I know Baltimore's a good team, but come on. Now that, there was no excuse for that. Dan Campbell was at a loss for words. I'm going to go with the Lions and the spread. The spread, of course, being eight and a half on Monday Night Football. As always, that's our NFL picks. And you guys can reach out, opine at TCM underscore pod on Twitter. Comment down below where we're right, where we're wrong. We do appreciate any and all feedback. Give us a like, hit that subscribe button. As always, for Spencer Mathis, I'm Chris Mathis. Thanks for tuning in.